welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Well, um, as I was seeking the Lord, you know, I felt prompted again to continue to dive into the subject of favor. Um, how many of you have been here the last couple times that I've preached? Good, good majority of you. So um, I think we're going to continue that. We're going to stay on the favor train today. Um, we're not getting off of it. There's so much to the favor of God. Really, we could take every Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Friday, whatever, however many days, all 365 days a year, teach on favor, and we still wouldn't touch the subject like we could. Good to see you, Josh. Um, so there's about, about 75% of you have, were here last time I preached, so um, praise the Lord. How many have experienced the favor of God in your life since just last time I was up here? About a month and a half. Amen? Amen? You know, if you're breathing this morning and your heart's beating, that's favor, right? It's not just something super extravagant. It's not just something supernaturally happening in your life. It's the fact that you were able to get up this morning and comb your hair, take a shower, hopefully you did, um, and come to church. Amen? That's the favor of God. The fact that you can get up and go to work, that's the favor of God. The fact that you can hug your family and your friends and love your, love your kids, that's the favor of God. Amen? James 1.17 states, um, you don't have to turn there, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I really like that scripture because I think that sums up favor in a condensed version. Every good and every perfect gift that happens into your life is the favor of God. Nothing bad that ever happens in your life is the favor of God, all right? But every good and every perfect thing is from God. What, what, are, what are some of those things? How about that promotion at work? Favor, right? How about uh, that person who paid for your Starbucks? That's favor, right? You didn't have to spend $45 at Starbucks <laughs> to get your tall... No water chai, as Rachel, that's what she gets. How about your business soaring? Having it be better than the year before, that's favor. What about healing in your body? People experienced healing last week. Did you know that's the favor of God? Amen? Um, we don't deserve any of that. You do realize that, right? You don't deserve to be healed. You don't deserve to prosper. You don't deserve to live. Amen. I like, we live in a very entitlement-based culture and very, oh, I deserve this because of my college degree. I deserve this because of who, um, who my family is. Oh, I deserve this because of what I did. Oh, I deserve this because of what I said. Did you know? Let's really talk about what we deserve, right? <laughs> you know what you deserve? Death hell, and the grave. Amen. That's what you deserve. That's what I deserve. So let's not ever get into the attitude of entitlement and what I deserve. Because in reality, we deserve the punishment Jesus took. And the favor of God is that he took it for us. And he did it for us so that way he could lavish us with every gift, spiritual, physical, financially, that we could ever ask, think, or imagine, and to go above and beyond that. That's the favor of God. We don't deserve it, but he gives us richly all things to enjoy. Whew. Do you know he cares about the things that you enjoy? He cares about the things that you like to do. Did you know that? He likes the fact that Galia likes to fish. Woo! Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen? He likes the fact that I like to golf. He knows. I shared on the offering, you know, I get this weird uh, 
um, thought that for some reason that when I buy a new club, it's going to make me better. But you know what? He knows it's not going to, but he still richly gives me clubs that don't make me any better. Praise the Lord. But you know what? He's a good father. He's an excellent father, and he loves us, right? That's funny, but it, it's really important to him. He cares about every little detail of your life, and he wants to see you succeed in every area of your life. Amen? If you haven't... Um, heard me teach on the last two sermons there. They're on the archives. They're online. They're on the website. They're on our YouTube page. The first one was called Favor in Disguise. The second one was called Turnaround Favor. So if you haven't listened to them, or maybe you can't remember what was talked about because you can't remember what happened yesterday, um, go back and re-listen and re-watch because these really build upon each other and I don't have <laughs> four hours to review everything, okay? Can you, you guys can do that? Yeah. Everybody know how to work a computer so, somewhat? Praise the Lord. <coughs> Hallelujah. All right, so well, before we get into it, I want to uh, ask us to, to pray and to ask God to help us because I'm really excited. As I was studying today, or excuse me, as I was studying this week for today, I just couldn't help but picture and see the love of God in this message and just how majestic and how great he really is. I, even what I just said doesn't really describe him and how awesome he is and how great and magnificent, whatever adjective words you can use to describe him, he's, he's, he's everything and more. So I really want to be sure that um, I preach good and that you hear good, okay? All right, so let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We honor you and we worship you and we thank you for the word that will be brought forth. Help me to speak it boldly. Help me to articulate it well and help people not to, to um, be hearers of it, but to be excellent hearers of it and to be doers of this word. We thank you for it. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. All right, let's turn to Genesis 22. I'm going to read out of the New King James. We are going to go back to Abraham. Abraham and Isaac. Very popular story. But this is what we're going to study today. Genesis 22, we're going to start in verse 1. How many of you there? Say there. 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 Oh, good, good portion of you. Wow. Well, Genesis is at the beginning, so you should be a lot quicker at finding it than, you know, uh, Jeremiah or uh, Jonah, right? All right, Genesis 22, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Abraham said, Here I am. I want to stop and say a couple of things before we continue. This story has so many layers, so many meanings. So, there's so much wrapped up in this story, and part of it is our redemption in this story. So I don't want you to get too caught up on the word test, and don't worry, God's not going to ask you to offer up your kids tomorrow on the altar, right? That's, th this has to do with, our, with covenant and redemption, and I'll get to that later. So don't get too caught up on that. Last time when I preached on turnaround favor and the book, or in, in the book of John, we read about Lazarus. And I was talking about how I was getting too caught up in the fact that Jesus waited two days to raise Lazarus up from the dead. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of messed up. But as we, as we studied and as we discovered, God needed a platform to show himself as the resurrection and the life. And he wasn't late. Right. He was right on time. Amen. And a lot of times how we expect things to go is not how they're going to go, but we have to trust in the fact that what he said is going to happen the way he wants it to happen. Amen? So, and maybe some of you are like, well, maybe I do want to offer up my kids on the altar, and they were kind of bad yesterday. You need to repent. Don't worry. We'll have an altar call at the end. Nobody's going to judge you. Um, so we'll come back to this at the end, but I just wanted to let you know, don't get too caught up on the word test here. Because a lot of people, a lot of Christians still think that God's going to test them with sickness. God's going to test them with heavy burdens. Did you know the Bible says that his yoke is easy, right. his burden is light. Right. Amen? Amen? 
Number two, I like what Abraham said here. I like his response. He says, here I am. Not, what do you want? Right. <laughs> How many of us, when God talks to us through the word, through the inward witness, we may not say it, but our internal response is, ah, oh, what do you want now? Mm. Right? Because of a couple things. One, our busy lives, because we're so busy doing a whole bunch of things that don't matter. Um, two, we're scared he's going to ask us to do something that gets us out of our comfort zone, like praying for somebody. Oh, right? or uh, witnessing to that person at the grocery store, or tipping the waitress who was really bad to you. You know, a lot of times we don't say, here I am. A lot of times it's our response and how we say it, it's what, what do you want? But did you know, that's why I love Abraham. He is our father in the faith, right? And as we go through this story, it's gonna be easier and easier to see why. He was a great guy. He was a good guy. And um, so with this, his test that he's about to endure was favor in disguise. Going back to the, my first title. And if he would have ignored it, if he would have said, nah, I'm gonna go fishing today, God. Nah, 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 I don't got, I don't got time for whatever it is you got. It, nothing is more important than fishing or, or, whatever, or whatever he liked to do. If he, if he would have not said, here I am, if he wouldn't have been obedient, he would have missed his favor moment. I don't want us to miss our favor moments in life. Because some of them, we don't, we don't get back. They may come in a different form, but it's not going to be the same as if we would have just said, here I am. I want that to be your attitude towards God from now on, whenever he asks you to do something, whenever he wants to talk to you, even if it might be an inopportune time, inconvenient time, what should your response be? Here I am, here I am. All right, let's keep reading, verse two. Then he said, take your son, and I highlighted this, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I tell you. Verse three, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. For, let's go back to verse three. So Abraham arose early in the morning. Did you know how you obey is just as important as obeying? Amen. He didn't procrastinate. He didn't question it. He didn't, he didn't do anything that I would have done if I was going to be asked to do this. Early in the morning, probably before the sun came up, Abraham was there being obedient to God, willing and obedient. The Bible talks a lot about being willing and obedient, right? How many of you, when you ask your kids to take out the trash, they do it very grouchy, right? They do it, I'm in the middle of my game, da, 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 or, or whatever, right? It, it, so as a parent, you're like, oh, well, that's messed up, right? And then you wanna be tempted to offer them on the altar later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. We had a rough day with Judah. This, and I was like, Lord, thank you. You love me this much. You love me. Help, help me love Judah. Help me love Judah. Okay, I got a funny story real quick. It reminded me of what he did this week. Do you guys got some time? You guys got some time? So he was being very disobedient, and he didn't want to get his diaper changed, and he didn't want to get his clothes on. For some reason, he likes being naked throughout the house. I don't know why. Um, and so we, we, we got to the point where we at least got the diaper on him and got his shirt on, didn't buck, and didn't get the bottom buttoned. And uh, I, I don't know why he was able to get up. I think I was doing something, but he got up and he started throwing things and throwing his shirt. And, <laughs> and uh, me and his mom were like, 
you know, you want some of this? Like, so he grabs his spoon and goes like that to his mother. Like, you want some of this? And horrible parents that we were in that moment, we just started laughing. We're like, oh my gosh, he's taking his little plastic spoon and he was about ready to duke it out with his mother. Like, holy moly. You know, sometimes I wish we would, that, we would have that attitude with the devil. Right? Like, you want some of this? Wave around your little plastic spoon. You know, we need to get an attitude with him. He is our enemy. He doesn't fight fair. We need to get an attitude with him. Because guess who's behind you and has your back? Your father, amen? So, um, gosh, where was I going with that? Um, oh, yeah. So when you obey with a bad attitude, the commandment of the Lord, or with poor body language, can I be honest with you? It's not really acceptable to him. You would have been better off not even obeying in the first place. You need to be willing to do what he says. And take comfort knowing he's never going to ask you to do something that's burdensome. He's never going to ask you to do something that is outrageous. Never will. Never will. He may ask you to do things out of your comfort zone, but, you know, that's how you grow. That's how you mature, right? So if Abraham can obey the Lord in this fashion to offer up his son, how much more should we be willing to obey the Lord with an excellent attitude the next time he asks us to do something? Pretty sure we have no excuse <laughs> if, we're, if we're basing our standard off Abraham. I have no excuse on not obeying the Lord willingly um, and obediently the next time he asks me to do something. Amen? Amen. All right, so verse four. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. He laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, now he's, now he's kind of questioning the motive of his father, like, Yo, bro, what's going on here? I like Abraham's response again, though. Here I am, my son. What I, Abraham never let his emotions get the best of him and put fear into his son. He was consistent. He was constant. Who knows the type of emotions he was feeling on the inside, but he didn't let that affect Isaac or his kids, or excuse me, or his servants. That's good leadership. That's really good leadership. You know, um, a lot of times we shouldn't be so emotional and, and, and say things in front of our kids, um, in front of our coworkers, in front of our family. We need to keep quiet and take that to the Lord. You know, it's manipulation to say things and to act certain ways so you get a reaction out of people. They aren't your source of comfort. Jesus is, amen? Amen. All right, and verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. I want to stop here and go to Hebrews chapter 11. This in the back of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11. There we go. And we're going to read verse 17 because I want to bring out a point here of why Abraham and how he was so willing and able to do this. Honestly, could any of us have done this? <laughs> um, it would have been really tough, right? But Hebrews eleven seventeen gives us a, a little glimpse into what he was, he was thinking. So I'm going to read out the New King James, Hebrews 11:17. It says, "By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and who he had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son." Ever heard that phrase before? 
of whom it is said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. So this is what God told Abraham. Through Isaac, you're gonna get all the promises. Your seed will number the, the, the sand, the stars. And then he was asking him to offer the, the, the child through whom the promise was supposed to come. So what did Abraham conclude? Verse 19. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So Abraham got to the point on the inside where God said this was going to happen through Isaac. Obviously, it can't happen through a dead body. So if the Lord's asking me to do this, he's going to have to raise him back up from the dead. Right. Whoo! Right. That's faith, right? That's why he was able to say, here I am. And that's why he was able to comfort his son. God will provide an offering. God will provide the sacrifice. Because he knew, even if I have to strike my son, he's going to have to come back alive because I'm in covenant with God. That's right. That's it. And he has to keep his word. So what I want to bring out here is if we can get this down... There is nothing the devil, there is nothing any person, there is nothing anything, angel, demon, height, depth can keep you from doing what God has called you to do and live a victorious Christian life. Do you want to know what that is? Do you guys want to know what that is? Yeah. Abraham never questioned or judged the character of God. I'm going to say that again. Abraham never questioned or judged the character of God. When you question or judge the character of God, your faith instantly goes into dormancy. That's right. Instantly. Doesn't matter how many scriptures you quote after it. Doesn't matter how much you're in the word after it. Doesn't matter how many times you go to church after that. Once you start questioning the character of God in a certain aspect of your life, it's sayonara and to that until you repent. That's right. there, you thereby cut yourself off from the full favor of God. You know, what is faith? Simply put, it's trust. It's trust. So how can you trust someone, um, how can you trust what someone says when you don't actually trust them? You can't. If we, if we go back a couple chapters in Genesis, um, we see a consequence of when Abraham got antsy and when he did um, judge the character of God. He had another son called Ishmael, which is funny in this, in this passage of scripture, it refers to Isaac being his only son, but he, he wasn't his only son at the time. He had another son, Ishmael. But you have to remember this was written through the lens of the covenant, not through the lens of Abraham. Right? So through covenant's eyes, Isaac is right. his only son. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so whenever we try to push God to do something by making our own decisions, being hasty, disobeying, we birth Ishmael's into our lives. That's right. We birth things that never were supposed to be in, in existence. Ishmael, I'm sure he was a great guy. He's one of Abraham's sons, but he was never supposed to exist. How many times do we birth things and the consequences of them we reap for the rest of our lives because we disobeyed, we were hasty, and we didn't do what God told us to do? Did you know because of Abraham's um, mistake, Ishmael, that's where the whole Islamic people come from, is Ishmael. Did you know there's still contention to this day? The consequence of that action is still felt to this day? Can you believe that? That's crazy, huh? It goes to show that our decisions are very important, right? Yes, there is mercy. Yes, there is grace. But some of the things we will have to... Um, reap the consequences later on that we didn't even see were consequences. Now, where sin abounds, 
grace abounds much more. So praise the Lord, we live in the era of grace, right? So God can, turn, God can work that thing together for good for you, by, if you what? If you love God and if you're called according to his purpose. He can do that. That's a promise of God, amen? So don't get like, oh my gosh, I've made so many bad mistakes. Praise the Lord, there's the blood. And praise the Lord, there's, there, there's grace. I just want you to, to not ever get laxed with sin. Right. Ever get laxed with bad decisions. Because just because we have the blood and just because we have grace, that doesn't give us an excuse to be disobedient. Amen. Amen. So I said, like I said before, if we can't believe who God says he is, then we struggle believing who he says we are. Who he is. If we can't believe who he is, then how can we believe who he says we are? All, everything we are in Christ. You're more than a conqueror, right? You, um, you have every, you have all the authority to, to deal with any force of darkness in this life. But if you don't believe who God says he is, how can you believe what he says about you? That you're chosen, that you're called, that you're loved, right? It all stems back to who he is and who he says he is. Did you know right now, trust and loyalty is very important. Did you know right now we're seeing tons of harvest of seeds of distrust over the course of decades in this country? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if I was to ask you how many of you trust the government, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't get less than 10% of the hands. Why? Dishonesty, distrust, distrust between people groups, distrust between families. Like I said, distrust between people and the government. We are now seeing the effects of so many seeds sown of dishonest and lies and, and fault. So it's so important that we establish trust and that we are people of our word. Amen. Amen. Just be, we live in a society where it's like, oh, I'll be there at two o'clock tomorrow and we show up 30 minutes late. If, if we say we're gonna be there at two, then we need to be there at two, right? I need to work on this myself. So I'm preaching to myself here. But we've so not grasped the importance of keeping our word. And we need to. Amen? Because we want people to trust us, right? If you tell your kids, we're going to go get ice cream tomorrow, and then you don't go get ice cream tomorrow, it's going to be hard for them to trust you when you say other things, right? Amen? But how many of you know we, tr- we can trust God because he never lies, and he always follows through on what he says? Amen? Amen? So how do, we, how do we make sure that we're not getting to the place where we're judging the character uh, or questioning the character of God in our lives? Well, you spend more time praying. This might be like elementary school, like church stuff, Christianity basics, but it's the basics and the foundation that'll keep you grounded for the rest of your life. Praying, spending time with God, praying, reading your Bible, coming to church, serving on the helps team, joining a connection group, the harder, if you do those things, the harder it will be for you to lose confidence in who he says he is. Why? Because whatever you behold, you'll become. And if you keep beholding that, that God is good and he's a trustworthy God and you keep putting those things in you, um, you're gonna be so full that when something tries to break you, it's not gonna be able to. It's not gonna be able to break your faith. It's not gonna be able to break your trust of who God says he is. Amen? That's why it's so important what we put in us, what we watch, what we, what we hear, right? What we see, because it will develop in us habits of, and ways of thinking. And it's important that how we think and view God doesn't get changed, right? Amen? So how can, how can we improve? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again. Pray. <laughs> Spend time in the Word. Come to church. Join, serve, the, serve on the helps team, join a connection group. Stay plugged in, stay plugged in and stay connected. Amen? Yeah. All right, are you guys doing good? Yeah. You guys receiving this? All right, let's go back to Genesis 22, verse nine. We'll go back to Abraham. See how he's doing over there, back in Genesis. 
All right. And uh, Genesis 22, 9. Back in the New King James, it says, Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So he's, he's serious. He's going to do this. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, oh, my goodness, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> no. He said, here I am. Same thing. Same thing. Not like, whew. Or, oh, it took you that long to say something. No, he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. And that's a reverential fear. Since you have not withheld your son, and I highlighted, highlighted it again, your only son from me. So I want to read the next two verses out of the King James Version, not the New King James. So if you could please put up 13 and 14 in the King James and it says, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by, the, by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So I'm finally going to tell you the, the, the title to my sermon, Jireh Favor. Jira favor. New King James interprets Jehovah Jireh as the Lord will provide. And that's why I wanted to read out of the King James because it actually says Jehovah Jireh. It's accurate. Don't get me wrong. It's an accurate interpretation of what it says. But as I was diving deep onto what this name is, it goes so much deeper than that. And honestly, what I'm about to explain and say, it even... It goes farther than that, too. I mean, Jehovah Jireh, there is so much to this name. Um, Jireh literally means we'll see. So more fully, we can say in the context, it, it, it would mean we'll see to it. We'll see to it. The Hebrew name for Jehovah is Yahweh. Jehovah is the Latin version of, of Yahweh. And it's, we, we, we say it Yahweh, but the, the spelling of it is just four letters. It's Y-H-W-H. Y-H-W-H. And you're like, Yahoo, yeah, Yahweh. Yahweh is the most holy, holiest name for God. It's the most holiest name, which we translate according to um, Exodus 3 is I am who I am. When he, when he was talking to Moses, and Moses is like, you need to read Exodus 3. You think you have self-esteem issues? Um, read Exodus 3, and um, Moses literally lists every excuse in the book as to why he can't be the one to take the Israelites out of Egypt. And God still used him. I'm like, man, Moses, those are some good excuses. I don't think I could have came up with that one, but that's a good one, man. Yeah, I'll give you props. I mean, literally... Every excuse in the book as to why he couldn't do it. And, and one of the things is, well, well what, what if they don't believe me? Who, who do I say sent me? And he answers him, I am who I am sent you. That's Yahweh. So whenever you see the Lord, the word Lord capitalized in the Old Testament, you know how you always see Lord capitalized? And you guys are like, oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually that name. It's Yahweh. It just got translated as the Lord. But whenever you see it all capitalized, especially in the Old Testament, it, it's Yahweh. Let me just give you, um, as to how holy this was to the Jews, they actually stopped saying it because they believed it was too holy to be uttered, and they did not want to take the Lord's name in vain. That's how serious they took it. So they just stopped saying it. We're just not going to say Yahweh. They replaced it with um, Elohim, Adonai, different names for God, because they're like, we don't want a chance taking the Lord's name in vain. That's how serious it was to them. They just stopped saying it. Wow. 
in a society where the Lord's name is taken in vain all the time, uh-uh, this was a big deal. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that you actually got stoned if you took his name in vain, I think. Um, but it was a serious consequence. It's actually in the Ten Commandments, right? Mm -hmm. Very serious. Yahweh is the extremely personal and covenant name for God. Extremely personal and extremely covenant. And really, honestly, we don't really know all that it means. It's a, they call it a, a tetra, tetragram or something like that. It's four con cons consonant letters. It's not really a name. We interpret it as Yahweh, but really we don't even know the full interpretation of what it is. So it, it, I, I just want to, I just, I'm describing this to you to, to tell you that this is very important and this was very important to the Jews. And guess what? Our faith stems from the Jewish religion, right? Christianity was based off of it. So another way to say Jehovah Jireh is I am will see to it. I am will see to it. And so I got that and I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. So I was still studying and I was praying and I got this after, after hours studying and praying that if I just combined kind of everything together that I was learning that, um, and you can put it on the screen now, it starts with I am. I am who I am. I see your need and will see to it that it is provided. That's what Jehovah Jireh means. And honestly, it means more than that. So it means I am who I am, or I will be what I will be. I see your need. And this is not just your need right now. This is your need for the rest of your life. Every need you will ever need, every need that you ever have needed, the need you need right now, all of it. He sees it and will see to it that it is provided for. Whew. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now do you see why it's so important we don't judge his character? Why? Because I am who I am. Mic drop. I am who I am. If it says I am this, then I am that. If it says that I am this, I am that. Everything that the Bible says he is, he is. Everything, everything. And he sees your need, and your need, and your need, and your need. And he personally will see to it that it is provided for. Yeah. Whew, not an angel, right. not any other being, him personally, because Yahweh is the personal name of God. He personally will see to it that it is provided for. That's who Abraham called him that day. Amen. Whatever the need is, how about the need to fix your spirit and eternal destiny? He is Savior, Redeemer. How about the need to fix your mind and body? He is Healer. How about the need to fix your finances? He is provider. How about the need to fix your relationships? He is counselor. How about the need to fix your broken heart? He is the comforter. How about the need to fix your broken home life? He is father. Come on, are you guys hearing this today? Whatever the need is that you need, that you have need of, anything from A to Z. He is who he is. Amen. He sees it. He empathizes with you and he will personally see to it that it is provided for. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is, the name means he is everything you could ever need. He is everything you could ever need. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. And this is where I kind of got stumped. I'm like, he's everything. There's nothing that he's not. 
and he personally wants to see that my needs are met, I'm saying to myself, I have no excuse. I have no excuse to not believe him and what he says. Because he's proven time after time, year after year, millennia after millennia, that he will do what he says. Everything, whether you need to cross the Red Sea on dry ground, whether you need to slay a couple giants, whether you need to um, get in an ark and be protected and, and covered from the, the darkness of the world, when you need a savior to fix your broken nature, he is it. When you need that direction in your life on what to do, who to marry, what job to get, he's counselor. When you need healing in your body, he's the great physician. When you need help, um, not yelling at your wife, right? Or, or alter, whoa, <laughs> or not altering your kid on the altar, praise the Lord. When you need help, just chilling out. He's the comforter. When you just need help figuring out what's going on in the world and, and, and why, why is this happening or what's doing, he's the helper. Anything you need, Lord, what do I want, what, what's good to eat for lunch today? He just, he's everything. He sees your need, what you want, what you desire, and he will see to it that it is provided for. When you need something, you need to call on Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Anything you need. Anything you need. Um, wow. Well, I think I did that justice, hopefully. Um, I mean, there's so much more to it, but when I told you at the beginning this, when I was studying how I was just gra- trying to grasp the love of God, I, I guess I never really grasped it, grasped it in a way until I started studying this name and how personal it is to, uh, to him and to us and how much he loves us, guys. It all stems from back to he loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever, how many whosoever's do we have in here, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everything. That's why, that's why the Bible says all his promises are yes and amen. Why? Because he said it belonged to you so he's going to personally see to it that it is provided for in, you, in your life and all you have to do is just trust that he is who he is. Amen. And, that, and what he said is what he said. Amen. Like Abraham did. Abraham, belie- Abraham believed, Abraham obeyed willingly and guess what? We're going to re- read in the next few verses what that meant. Do you want to keep reading? Verse 15, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, Yahweh, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, and I highlighted it, your only son. He says it three times in this, in this story. Three is a good number. Three is the number of the Trinity. Your only son. He didn't have to say that, your only son. Why? Why did he say it? Because now it gave him legal right to give his only son for everybody. Check it out. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your dis- that's us, guys. Amen. That's me and you. When he's talking to Abraham, he's seeing everybody in this room. And everybody around the globe and everybody who has gone before us to heaven, that's who he's talking about. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Why did he get all that? Because he obeyed 
the voice of God. Because Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son, his only son, you can pretty much paraphrase 17 and 18 as, and since he was in covenant with God, now God could legally, excuse me, now God could legally give his only son instead of Isaac. He said, Abraham, no, 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 no. We're in covenant. I saw your willingness to do it. You don't have to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give Jesus my only son so that not only you can be blessed and Isaac, but every single other descendant and person can be blessed. Just how Ishmael was, God's, or was, was Abraham's greatest mistake, offering Isaac was his greatest act of faith he, ne- he ever did. How much more? Where sin abounded, yeah, there's some contention, right, between peoples and, you know, Ishmael birthed the Islamic nation and all that. But how, how much more did grace abound? How much more did his act of obedience abound more than the sin that he committed? Oh, that's grace, guys. That's favor. Grace is the unmerited favor, the undeserving, the un... The un unlimited vastness of his power that's available to you in this life. Amen. Amen. Um, Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua or Yehoshua is the longer version but over time it just got condensed to Yeshua. Do you want to know what it means? Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is Salvation. He is salvation. <laughs> He's like, y'all need a savior? Let me, let me just take care of that for you real quick. He is salvation. Wow. Isn't that amazing? How many of you, how many of you are going to purpose to look at your life and, and identify things that maybe you've judged the character of God on? Hmm? I know I am. Yes. I know I'm going to look back. If there's an area of my life that's not looking real good, go back and see, am I not trusting God fully in that area? Because he is who he is. He sees your need. And he personally will see to it that it is provided for. Amen. How can we not be successful in this life, guys? That's what it got me to this point. I'm like, how can I not do everything that I'm called to do? How can I not um, do everything he says I can do? How can I not? All I have to do is just trust him. All I have to do is just trust his word and who he says I, I can be and who I am. Amen. Amen. The song says, I'm already called, I'm already chosen. Stop looking for validation from other people. I am who I am says you're already validated in my eyes. I am who I am already fixed you up and made you pretty, so it doesn't matter if anybody thinks you're ugly, I think you're pretty. It doesn't matter if anybody thinks you're dumb, you're smart to me. I just, that's, that's what this got me to the point. It's like, who really cares what other people think of me? Because the great I am who is, who always will be, who brought everything into existence, who can create whatever he wants to create, dimensions, universes, galaxies. He says, I'm called. Amen. He says, I'm chosen. Amen. I'm already loved by him. That's more than enough. Like the song says, that is enough. That is more than enough. Amen? He is everything I, I, I can... He is everything to me, and I am everything that I can be for him. Why? Because of Jesus, because of Yeshua, because of Yahweh, who is salvation. Amen. I hope this gives you a confidence boost today, and I hope this stirs up your faith to just trust God with everything that you are, all the fi- every fiber of your being, because that's who he is. He's a trustworthy God. And to think that a God like that, 
acts, not only acts, he is love. Wow. He cared so much for us, and he didn't have to. Amen. He is the great I am, who is, who could have created a bunch of other different types of people and organism and just wiped out the whole universe and started all over again. But he chose not to. Why? Because he called us. And because he chose us. Whoo! He chose us. Amen. Amen. Isn't that love? Amen. He didn't have to, but he chose us. He chose me. He chose you. I hope this stirs you up to go full throttle for God. Amen. Because he always has your back. He is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, why don't we stand up? And, and let's just get in an attitude of prayer. Father, Lord, we just worship you. And we just declare in Jesus' name that you are Jehovah Jireh to us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are who you say you are. You see our need, and you personally will see to it that it is provided for. I thank you for that, Father God. I thank you for it. I thank you for everybody in this room, Lord. Lord, whatever needs they are, they are struggling with, whatever needs they have need of, Father, I just ask that you show them how they can trust you to meet that need, because you are who you say you are, and you're going to personally see to it it is provided for. All we have to do is just trust you. It's just trust in who you are and who you say you are. Thank you, Lord. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what you did and said 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, however many years ago, you're the same today, and you'll be the same tomorrow. You were love then, you are love now, and you will always be love. Hallelujah. You were our Savior yesterday. You're our Savior today, and you'll be our Savior tomorrow. You'll be our Lord yesterday. You were our Lord yesterday. You'll be our Lord today, and you'll be our Lord tomorrow and forever. Lord, we just, we just honor you and we magnify you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 